This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. This week, we're moving right along. We're talking about another core value that's super important to us, and it's the core value of generosity. And uh, if you guys want to put the, the core value up on the screen, I, uh, I want... To, to read it as it is in our core values uh, statement. It says, core value, we are a generous community. We give our gifts, talents, abilities, and resources freely and joyfully. And so for those of you who are here because you came to VBS and your kids were in here, you're like, crap. Of course the pastor's talking about money. Of course. This is why I don't like church in the first place. We're talking about way more than money this morning. Money is probably one of the least things we're going to talk about. It's part of it, but we're talking more about a perspective. We're talking more about a lifestyle, more about an experience, more about the way that we view life in an open-handed approach. And so generosity is so much more than that. Pablo Picasso uh, says this. He says, the meaning of life is to find your gift, but the purpose of life is to give it away. And so we believe around here that the more that we give, the more blessed that we are, the more full our life is. And so we're talking about a perspective, an approach, an experience. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, it says this. My preview monitor's not down here, so i got to read it off of up here. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so when we're talking about generosity, we're talking about a condition of the heart. We're not talking about a dollar amount. We're not talking about a ritual. We're not talking about any of that. We're talking about a condition of the heart, whatever you decide in your heart to give and not reluctantly or under compulsion. That is so twisted when people throw in like key changes during the offertory so you get chills on your neck so you give more money, right? Or they manipulate you with like this really sad sob story so that hopefully you'll give more money. We don't, around here, we don't want you to give out of compulsion, we don't want you to give out of guilt or out of us saying, come on, you guys can do it. Come on, if you want to see Jesus, you need to give more money. You know, that, it's not the way we roll around here, right? We don't want you to give under compulsion or reluctantly, but God loves a cheerful giver. It delights the heart of the Lord when we live open-handedly, when we live a generous lifestyle. And so when we're talking about generosity, that's what we're talking about. And in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25, I shared this a few weeks ago at the offering time. It says, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And we talked about how our generosity, our level of generosity, our level of living open-handed and being a giving person really impacts our experience here on earth. It, it impacts our life and the way we experience people and the way we experience God. It's this idea that the more we give, the more we feel blessed, the more we feel energized, the more we're excited about giving, but the more that we try to hoard, the more that we want. The more that we say, oh, well, I got to hold on to my stuff. Oh, I need this and I need that. And our needs increase the more that we try to hold on to what we have. And so this morning, what we want to do is we want to talk about a perspective. Anne Frank says this. I think this is so genius. She says, no one has ever become poor by giving. And so I want us to talk about this giving perspective, this giving approach to life, this giving uh, mentality, because I believe, and we believe here as a church, that living open-handed is God's best for us. 
Living an open-handed lifestyle, open to be a generous person, is God's best for us. And so what we're doing in this series is that we're bringing people on stage, and we're having sort of a panel discussion. And we're having a discussion surrounding the core value and why it's important to us, how it's impacted us, and and how we kind of live it out and walk it out day in and day out. And so last week we we had Chris and Bob up here talking. And so this week I asked the staff, I was like, okay, guys, listen, here's what I need to know. I need to know the most generous people in your life. Like, who comes to mind as the most generous people? They're like, well, at Central Church? I'm like, no, like, in life. Because they don't have to come to church here to be part of this panel and to talk about this stuff. But the two names that kept coming up time and time again with all the different people that I talked to was Rachel Flanagan and Jennifer Richards. And so I reached out to them, and I reached out to them. It was kind of late in the week, too. I think it was like Tuesday. I was like, hey, guys, uh, you think you can talk on Sunday with me? And they're like, no. I'm like, oh, no, but really? They're like, no. So it took some coercion and, and all of this. Rachel said no this morning, actually. So, um, Yeah. But um, these two people are characterized by their generosity, and they're known for their generosity. Not because they're the richest people in the world and they give away money all the time, but it's a condition of their heart, and it's a condition of their lifestyle. So what I want to do is I just want to have a conversation with them. I want to clue all of you guys in on their awesomeness and why they do what they do and how they do what they do and what's their driving force, because hopefully what this does is it sparks a conversation within you for you to say, hey, how can I make my life a little more open-handed? How can I show more generosity in the way that I live, the way that I not only approach money, but the way that I approach my talents and abilities, the way that I approach my resources, the way that I approach my community, my kids, my kids' friends, all of these things. How can I approach this with a more open-handed, open-minded, generous approach? So we're going to do that this morning. So you guys are lucky because you get to meet and know what I already know about these two amazing women. But this is Rachel. This is Jennifer. Give it up for them because they're super nervous. Love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So, um, so I just want to start off by sort of defining generosity. Like what does generosity mean to you guys? I know I just gave like this big definition and all that stuff. But what does generosity mean to you guys? Yeah. Hello. Hello. Is she on? Hello. Perfect. Okay. I was thinking that you, everything you said, I was like, yes, that's it. That's what I should say. That, that's what I meant to say. That was it. But I'm like the king of stealing your thunder. I'm so, like, no, well, you just got it all summed up. Generosity to me is um, seeing when I'm talking to somebody or um, when somebody comes in my life, if I see something that a need that I think that I could somehow meet or some way make their life a little better or their situation a little better then and if I have the time or like I mean if it takes time which you know usually we're all starving of time and money and but if I can find the time to do something that might make their life a little better or make that a moment better then that's being open having that open heart and an openness to hear it and to act on that beautiful so it's just being receptive to the nudge of sort of the Holy Spirit's of saying, hey, yeah. and when you see it, not only having like the wisdom to see it, but like the strength and courage to like do something about it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. What about you? What's... <laughs> so when we, Rachel and I were talking about it, she was like, no, you don't understand. I gave a, uh, what was it? A presentation at like a childhood thing and I prepared for weeks and all I said was, we have lots of children here. And she said... <laughs> And I did my hands like this about 30 times. I don't even know what I said. 
Oh, so it's great, but it's fun. We're, just look at me. They're not here. They're all in their underwear. It's whatever. Um, <laughs> don't think of that. Just, just don't. Um, what does generosity mean to you? I'm still having a hard time defining generosity because it's just part of who I am. It's yeah. like, to me, it's just the same thing that Jennifer said. Just doing what, if I can see a need that needs to be fulfilled, that I just do it. So. Um, it's just sort of like a second nature thing. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, well, that, I guess that leads, that leads to this, the second kind of question and area I want to talk about is, well, what drives you guys to be generous? Because if generosity is just something that's like, oh, well, I feel a nudge and I feel like I should do it and so I do it. But what, what drives that? What, make, what, what is the reason that, that you think you can pinpoint or identify that makes you have that generosity inside of you? Because some people, they feel that nudge and they're like, yeah, shut up. And they just like crunch it down like, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing, I ain't about that life, right? Um, but what is it do you think that has shaped you to be who you are, that it is second nature to you, that it is something that you just kind of flows out of you or, or whatever? What is, what's the driving force of your generosity? Um, when we were talking yesterday, you had said something about overflow. And I feel like um, when there was a time in my life when I would say before Christ, I didn't have much to offer or to give to others. And um, so it comes from a place of, I would say, in my life being um, broken at a time, in a time when, um, when I was um, from, you know, not to get in much detail, but just a time of brokenness when, when I didn't um, feel that I had much to offer, I guess you'd say. And others might have disagreed and said, yes, you did. But no, I really didn't feel like I did. But when Christ came in my life and healed a lot of that brokenness and um, gave me a new start and a new life and a, a new marriage and a, a new perspective as a parent in so many ways, I felt like that was just flowing over in me and that I could give that out to others. So it, it really came from a place of probably pain and restoration. And so when I see, you know, probably because of that, I might see a need or I might want to act on that, you know, even more so because of what I had went through. And so I'd say that... So it comes from a place of, like, not having and not, I guess... You, you went through a time in life where you could have really used generosity from others or, or whatever, or you were kind of a broken whatever, and so in that healing process, you were like, if I get to a place or when I get to a place, when you get to that place on the other side of it, you can look back and say... I need to help that. I need to lend a hand and all of that, right? Yeah, well, definitely. When I, for us, it looks like um, you know, we've had young people that have lived with us or um, stayed with us. At one time, we had a couple people in each room. I mean, we just kind of put beds wherever we could put a bed. <laughs> so it was, it was just a place of seeing there is a need, especially in a young person, there's a need. How, my feeling is how can you not meet that need? You know, how can anybody see that and not meet that? But you know what? Some people can see that and not want to meet that, and, and that's okay. But I think every time when we're helping others, it really points them to Christ because they see through that deed or through that act of compassion or love, it really ultimately comes from God. And until we feel that love in our lives, we really don't have it to give out. So a place of surrender first and receiving that love and then giving it out is... Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. And so for those of you who don't know, uh, Mike and Jen, Mike is, is Jennifer's beautiful husband up here. Mike, just give us a beautiful wave. 
<laughs> I love it. Uh, Mike and Jennifer are like community parents to a community of like young adults that's like as large as our church. Like <laughs> count the number of heads in here and that's the number of young adults that are part of their little community family, you know? And so their house is just the safe place. Their house is always open. Their house is, they're extremely generous with um, just pouring out and pouring into these like high school, college age uh, students and just really radically and dramatically impacting their life. And so when she speaks of there was a bed in each room, I believe that, but I also believe the couches were full and the floors were full and <laughs> she's just being modest, right? I mean, there were, it was a sea of humanity, I would imagine, at their house. And Michael's laughing because that's her son and he knows exactly what I'm talking about. But um, Rachel, what, where, what drives you to be generous? What, what's sort of the genesis of this generosity in you and your husband, Ben, and all of that? So I would say that probably the same thing. It comes from hardships growing up and stuff and not really having anyone as my champion. And um, probably, I was telling you yesterday, I had my kid's preschool teacher. I was a very young mom. And she said to me, she said, Rachel, you can do this. And it wasn't even anything big, but I carried that for almost 20 years and she doesn't even know. So it. she said it to you when you were twelve, when you were yes. two. Yes. Because you're only twenty-two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Just trying to do the math here and catch everything up. Okay. Yeah. So uh, she doesn't even know that she impacted my life, but because of her, I for the first time felt like I could encourage other people, yeah. and I can help with other people. Yeah. And as um, you know. Being a young mom, I didn't have anything. Yeah. So just as we've worked really hard and developed our skills, yeah. and now it's just like if somebody needs something, yes, we're going to yeah. do what we can. Yeah. So your, your generosity, the genesis of your generosity is more from like a, um, a place of you had no one doing that for you at that moment, but then as soon as someone just verbally said, you can do this, you were like, Oh, and it was life-changing, so you want to be that life change for others. Right. But wanna... it's Jesus, too. I mean, yeah. like when I look at the sacrifices Jesus made for me yeah. or for everyone, yeah. I want to do and be more like Jesus. Yeah. So when Which I look huge. at what he has done through the Bible, then I'm going, yeah. okay, I can do that. Yeah. I can buy somebody a pair of pants that doesn't have a pair of pants yeah. or, or a box of I can take kids into my home yeah. when we're ready to be empty nesters. Yeah. Right. Cause now you just came out of a foster situation. You were fostering mm-hmm. some family members and you guys have mm-hmm. done some adoption and stuff like that with family members and stuff. So being super open with all of that as well. I'm, I mean, I'm telling you guys, they're the real deal. They're like the OGs of generosity. I'm, <laughs> I'm like blown away all the time by all the stuff that they're doing, but it's really cool to see that, it's not like, oh, yeah, you know, because oftentimes we think, I, I feel like many of us take this approach. We're like, oh, yeah, I'll be generous when I have that extra money or I'll be generous when I have that extra time or I'll be generous when I have extra. And it's like, no, that's, that's not the way it works. They're, they're being generous from a place of, of emptiness that was sort of the genesis for that. It was like, you know, not when I have extra, what I have now. And I'm going to give what I have now and do what I can now and you're, from what I hear you guys saying, it's like your fulfillment doesn't come necessarily because you have 27 hours in a day and everyone else has 24, right? Or that you guys make half a million dollars a year or anything like that. It's like your fulfillment comes through Jesus and the restoring power of him in your hearts and in your lives. 
And that just has become an overflow to where you're just like, it's an automatic. It's my response. I mean, is that pretty much? Yeah. So another example, the other day, we're at the grocery store, and there is somebody in a cart behind us. And Ben just, I didn't even see the woman. Ben just picks up her groceries and starts throwing them on the belt. You know, like, that didn't take anything for him well, you to did, do. And he do didn't you know why you either. didn't see it, though? It's because Ben is literally a ninja. <laughs> literally the dude's a black belt. And so he grabs groceries and throws them on the belt before you know what happened. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. I just, just want to throw that up. Ben, you're a ninja. You're my man. You're the Central Church resident ninja. But it's just simple ways, like always looking for someone or something that is needed and not yeah. really... You know, I think about the thing a few years ago where everybody was given five bucks at the registers yeah. for coffee. You're paying for the person behind you. Yeah, yeah. And what an impact that had. You know, somewhere I was listening to the radio and they were like, it went on for a hundred and something cars before it got broken. But everybody in that coffee shop was impacted yeah. by the generosity that just kept going on and on yeah. and on and on. Yeah, that's awesome. We should all beat up that jerk that broke the chain though, huh? <laughs> Right. <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> Probably somebody that didn't have the extra bucks, five bucks yeah. to buy the coffee and yeah. needed it. Or somebody that goes to church. <laughs> One of the two, I would imagine. Thank you, Jesus. It's a blessing. <laughs> Going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I'm getting I, off track here. I wanted to add one thing. Yeah. Not to get you off Bring track. us back in. Bring us back in, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you'd mentioned your husband, and I, was, and I wanted to say that. You know, it's interesting that when generosity does mean something different to everybody because my husband is generous in ways that I would feel uncomfortable being generous or awkward or embarrassed or I'm too shy or something. I don't know. Like, he will give in ways that um, I'm like, wow, how could you just do that? Like, like he'll, um, and this is just not, not giving him glory, but I, I want to just point out that, like, when he gives, he, he doesn't, you know, it's never coming from a place of like, oh, I, I want you to think I'm really great for doing it. And he does it so secretly and so ninja-like. Um, we were at the restaurant so, the other day. So Mike's a ninja too. I yep, like this. he's a ninja. Got more ninjas are, than I knew yeah, about around yeah. here, man. Like when I give, I'm like, I'm like all in the moment, but he's like quiet and secretive and, and sneaky about it. But he'll, he gave some, um, a waitress a, a large tip when we were out of town over the weekend. And, um, and none of us knew about it, but she came back to the table and she was like, oh, thank you, thank you. That was so kind. And, and I'm like, why, what, what did he do? And, <laughs> and then, you know, later he told me that, you know, he just, I think he sees in his way ways to give and um, ways to, to bless people or, or to make their life brighter without really even giving them a chance to even acknowledge that giving um, or to ever know why he truly gave. But I, again, I think it comes back to that. It always points people to Christ. I mean, that's just my hope as it does. And that's huge too. I, I'm glad you said that because I, I do want to point that out that it looks different for everybody. You know, maybe you're listening to, to Jennifer and Mike and saying, well, I live in a 300 square foot studio apartment. I can't have a sea of children. I have one person at my house and it's a sea of people, right? <laughs> and so maybe that's not the way that God has called you to be generous, right? And, and Rachel, I don't know if you know this, but Rachel is the one who owns and operates the daycare that's connected to our church. And so she has an inroad to young families like none of us have. And so she knows when kids are needing diapers and when kids need new shoes or whatever the case may be, you know, single moms are struggling. She has an inroad to that. And so that's the way that God has called her to be generous. But I want you guys to know that God has called each of you to be generous in your own way. 
And that generosity comes from an overflow of you being in tune with the Holy Spirit and you being in step with the Holy Spirit. These are not the only two gener... As I'm looking around the room saying this, I'm like, preaching to the choir, preaching to the choir, preaching to the choir. These are not the only two generous people in our church, but I wanted to bring them up here so that they could talk about it so that maybe we could be inspired and maybe we could gain some hope and say, okay, this can be part of the DNA of who I am. You know, and so living generously and doing all this stuff and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and, and stepping out in faith and doing all these things, how has living, living open-handed sort of changed or impacted your life or your faith journey? How has living open-handedly shaped sort of who you are and changed sort of the trajectory of your life? Um, well, I feel like because my life has changed, that is how I live open-handedly, but also it totally encourages me and blesses me when I see people that lives that we might have touched or that we did touch, that God touched through us, turn around and start pouring back out to others and giving back and blessing others and seeing that cycle just keep carrying on. That encourages me. So it's, so it's like as the more you give, the more you're blessed, the more you're encouraged, the more you're edified, which makes you want to give more, yes. and then the more you give, mm-hmm. it does it more. And so it's just this cycle that's just shaped kind of who you yeah, are. Yeah, and it kind of gives, the more, the more you get, more respond to that leading or that voice that says to give, then there's more opportunities and more opportunities and more people yeah. come in your life that you can touch and more. Yeah, that's huge. And so you've seen, so you've seen some of the, the fruit of your, I guess, investment into people. And so seeing that is just like, whoa, like God's doing that through Definitely. me just saying yes. yes. Yeah. That's incredible. And so it challenges you and encourages you to keep going. That is, that's awesome. What about you? How has it kind of shaped everything for well, you? Well, it's the same thing. I just, um, like at work, I always say we get to, these families let us be part of their lives. Yeah. And it's, that's exactly what it is. We get to pour into families. We get to pour into our staff or mm-hmm. our coworkers or our families or our friends. Yeah. So it's just, it's not really an inward for me. It's more of outward. Like, how do I get it out there? Yeah. But it's definitely satisfying. Yeah. It's and energizing, like you said. Yeah. It's, yeah. It is energizing. It really, mm-hmm. it does. It gets you going. Yeah, no, but it's also, there's a, hum, there's a humble piece to this, which is, I think, why both of us were like, I know, when I approach them, they're like, ugh, but that's like, ugh. Most of the stuff I do is private. Yeah. Now it's really public. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's funny. And we were talking, and it was like, it's like saying that you have a pickup truck. Once someone knows you have a pickup truck, they all want you to move their stuff. Once someone knows you're generous, you're going to gain a lot of new friends. You know, so if you weren't their friends before, don't try and be all buddy-buddy today, Okay. <laughs> At least give it a few weeks. Be like Ben. Be a ninja. Come in subtle. Um, no, no, that's that's awesome. Now we didn't plan about this or talk about this um, at all. But I know I'm going off script here. She, she's like, "Oh God, here we go." I knew he was going to do this. But no, I, I want to ask for those of us potentially that are on the cusp of this and thinking, you know what? I, I want to shift. I want to make that change. I want to do that. Do you rec- recall a time? in the early stages of being generous, that it wasn't easy. Because now it's second nature. Now it's like, oh yeah, of course, I do this and I do that. But for coming from a place of, okay, that it's not easy for me to do these sorts of things. I work hard for what I have and I want to take care of what I have. Was there a time that you can recall that, that it was like, you might have felt like, hey, maybe I should do this, but you're like, you shut that down. You were like, uh-uh, not doing that. Do you know what I'm saying? Because like, it, it hasn't always been this easy, right? Right. 
or are you guys like an anomaly to humanity? You are, <laughs> but has it always been easy, or is it? Is it? So I would say tithing, honestly. Okay. In the beginning, like here I am, a single mom. I probably, I mean, twenty years ago, made like a thousand dollars a month, yeah. paying rent and utilities. And I just felt like I needed to figure out how to tithe the 10% that our church was asking. And as I started doing it, things would happen. Like, I'd get a weird check in the I can remember getting this check. Um, I had housing assistance. Mm -hmm. And I got this check in the mail from them that they had invested money when I first joined the program. And part of my rent was going into that every month. I had no idea. Yeah. I I mean, I was probably... 19 when I signed that. Yeah. And all of a sudden I get this check that was equal to my rent and it just paid yeah. everything. Yeah. Or uh, somebody at work would buy me lunch or, you know, like, yeah, all and that these was like, that's a huge started, deal in those And moments. it was all because I started tithing. So yeah. then it was like, well, if I can give this, I can push myself a little bit. Yeah. And just stuff started happening. So it started with tithing for you. It was like a weekly discipline, mm-hmm. spiritual thing. And so that kind of honed you and, and shaped you to be like, okay, wow, yeah, this works. This is cool. Mm-hmm. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. What about you, Jennifer? Was there a time when you were just like, oh, this is hard. I don't know. I, I'd say more so there was a time, like I said earlier, that I didn't feel like I had much to give or offer. Or um, definitely as Christ did a work in me was when I had gotten or I felt that I had more to give. So maybe there was that empty, 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 and as God filled, filled, and that overflow came. But yeah. probably before that, I, um, I, I may like have more. been born with a little bit of, of that na- you know, naturally, but yeah. didn't maybe know how or, or didn't really. Yeah, because you have a very hospitable nature as it is. But you're saying, and there was a time in your life where you were just like, uh-uh, this is not, I don't have Probably any. wouldn't have been a healthy thing. As a matter of fact, I can remember being a young person and saying, um, I was a leader. I knew I was a leader. But I was leading everyone in the wrong direction and <laughs> taking everyone down with me. So, you know, so yeah, I might have had something naturally, but definitely had more to offer. Yeah, man, okay. That's cool. So, so this morning... Um, you know, talking through generosity and talking through this stuff, I'm hoping that you can sort of get a glimpse into life as, I guess, the way it could be. May, and, and like I said, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir to a lot of you. A lot of you are incredibly generous people, but here at Central Church, we feel like the best life that God has designed for us is an open-handed, generous life. Looking to bless others, looking to serve others, looking to love others, looking to take care of others. And to be honest with you, I was, I was racking my brain all night last night and all morning this morning of how do I make the connection between generosity and, and what's happening down in Virginia? How do I bridge the gap? But really, they kind of go hand in hand, this idea of living open-handed and being others-focused and being others-focused all the time and saying, you know what? It's not about me all the time. It's not about me meeting my needs and fulfilling my wants and goals and desires and dreams all the time. Yeah, those things are important, and self-care is important. And we, we had talked about this in our preparation, that self-care is important as well. And so some of you in here this morning, you might be to the point where you're, you're where Jennifer was at one point, and you're saying, I, I, I barely got me going on. I can't be worrying about anybody else at this point, right? And if that's where you are, that's okay too, Okay. 
that's okay too because self-care is super, super important because if you're not whole and if you're not full, there's no way you can pour into others in a healthy, in a healthy way. You know what I mean? And so it's vitally important that step one in your generosity, step one in living life open-handed, step one in racial reconciliation, step one in all of this is for you to get your heart in line with Jesus. Is for you to get your life in line with Jesus. That's step one. And then all this other stuff, it grows and it flows as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus. That's why we started this whole series with Jesus at the center. And we chase after him because that's the utmost in importance. That's paramount to all of these core values. And so if you are in tune with Jesus and you got your self-care going on and you got your life you know, in line with him, you're in step with the Holy Spirit, you're growing in your relationship with him, only then can you begin to say, out of the abundance, out of the overflow that God has put into me, I'm gonna pour into others. I'm gonna live open-handedly. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna share my faith with others and I'm gonna share my resources, my time, my abilities, my efforts, and I'm not gonna do it out of compulsion or anger, but I'm gonna be pumped about it. And it's going to be something that gives me life, that gives them life, and it's a life-giving situation. And this is why we believe that this is God's best for us. This is why we believe we hold this as a core value, as something that we want to shape us and shape us individually and as a faith community. So in closing, do you guys have any closing thoughts or any last tidbits you want to throw in or anything like that? One thing came to mind. Yesterday I was um, working on, I do hair for a living, and I was working on a client's hair. And... um, she was really, really um, beside herself with the um, situation, things going on, and she said how hopeless, hopeless, hopeless this world is, and she doesn't see how there's any hope, and, I, and I'm pretty sure she's not a believer, but she said, this is just, I really have no hope for this world. She's almost like, how can we go on any longer in it? And what you said, Sam, is so exactly what came to me was that it is one, we, one person, you know, I always heard that, that it's kind of cliche, one person can make a difference, but truly one person touching one life, touching one life, touching another, touching another, I mean, that really is the difference in, you know, our hopes in Christ, but it's, but we, you know, make the difference. We can't feel hopeless, but. Right, that's huge. Do you have any closing thoughts, final things to anything we didn't cover, anything that's, you're like, boom, this is it, in one sentence. Or do you want to do this hand gesture at all or anything? There you go. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So, so, <laughs> so good. Oh, it's gold. I wish they could see that on the podcast. <laughs> so in closing, um, what, what I want to do, I, want, I wanted the band to come and to lead us in one more song because I feel like there's a lot of different spots along the journey of generosity that you could find yourself in. You know, like I said a few minutes ago, I feel like some of us are in the spot where we just need to take care of ourselves. We need to say, God, fill me up because I desire. I don't think anybody doesn't desire to be generous. I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to be a stingy jerk today and it's going to be awesome, right? I don't think that's anyone's goal, but I I feel like we all want to be generous. We want that for our lives, but it, it, it takes more than intention to get there right? It takes more than just good intentions to make that happen. We need to take steps in that direction and steps in that process. And so maybe you're at the very beginning of this where you need to say, God, I feel empty right now and I need you to fill me up because I want that and I want to be that. But you and I both know I need it in here first. And so we want to give you an opportunity to have that conversation. Maybe you feel full and you're like, 
man, this is exciting. I'm pumped up. I want to get going. I want to hit the ground running. I want to give you an opportunity to spend some time with God and say, God, point me in the direction, man. I'm ready. Let's do this thing. And so I want to give you the opportunity to connect with God in that way and say, God, just reveal to me, send your Holy Spirit, tell me where to go and what to do. Bring names to my mind as we're singing this song. Bring situations to my heart and let me know where you would have me go. And then those of us in this room that I'm preaching to the choir to, this is an opportunity for you to just maybe celebrate and say, God, thank you for using me. Thank you for filling me up all those years ago or last week or whatever it was. God, thank you for enabling me to be able to do this. And I pray for your continued guidance. I pray that you'd keep working through me and that you would keep going and we would be able to do this. And, and for those of us in the room that are, that are just wrecked by this Charlottesville thing as well, I don't wanna glaze over that and forget about that and leave that in the dust. I want this to be an opportunity for you as well to say, God, how can you use me to be open-handed in this situation? How can you use me to be open-handed in unpeeling this super complex onion that the racial divide in our country is? How do you want to use me? Maybe in this situation, you're at the point where you just need to say, God, fill me up because I'm empty. I'm broken. I'm broken and I'm weak and I need you. Maybe that's where you are, or maybe you're to the point where it's like, God, illuminate some relationships in my life. Maybe it's the bank teller. Maybe it's the person at the grocery store. Maybe it's the person that's in the cubicle next to you at work. But ask God to reveal to you what you can do tangibly in the here and now to live open-handedly and to make a difference, to be the change that we hope to see in this world. So let's pray together as the band leads us. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for the conversations and the opportunities that we get to have to, to discuss your heart and to discuss what you have for us and what you've called us to. God, I pray that we would be a, a people who are defined by our generosity, that we would be a people that are characterized by our open-handed approach to life and to your service. And God, wherever we are in our faith journey, wherever we are on our generosity journey, wherever we are in peeling back the complicated onion, God, I pray this morning that we would encounter you and experience you in a real and tangible way. And that this morning, no matter where we find ourselves, we would leave this auditorium one step closer to you. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.